Hey, this is going to have to be fast, so you're going to have, your, have to have your spiritual ears open, so let's pray. Lord, I thank you that your word today is going to burn inside people. It's going to become a fire, which is going to have consequences. And I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who was excited about the consequences said, Amen. Amen. Exodus 20.12, commandment number five. Am I a bit loud? Good, I like to be loud. Honour your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, it's interesting, the fifth commandment is only one of two commandments that does not include a negative, or a you shall not. And it is the only one with a promise. And I'm going to discuss that promise a bit later. But first of all, what does it mean to give our parents honour? As ask most parents today, and they will tell you that their children seem to respect their elders less than the generation before. Has anybody ever heard that sort of statement? Well, it, it's summed up in this quote. And I love this quote. Our youth now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect, they show disrespect for their elders and love chatter in place of exercise. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents, chatter before company, gobble up their food and tyrannise their teachers. The interesting thing about that is that quote is attributed to Socrates in 420 BC. <laughs> so the tension between generations is obviously a phenomenon which is not as modern as we thought it was. Just an interesting aside for those of you who are interested in the truth. There is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that Socrates said anything of the sort. Those words are actually taken from a 1907 Cambridge University dissertation by a guy called Kenneth John Freeman, who was writing about the ancient Greeks. And the text that that comes from is actually a summary of... <laughs> the ancient Greeks have arrived! was a summary of different sources that he'd discovered in ancient Greek text and he'd summarized what they had said and he actually goes on and says the counts of indictment and this is a, a direct genuine quote from his dissertation a luxury bad manners contempt for authority disrespect to elders and a love for chatter in place of exercise children began to be the tyrants not the slaves of their households they no longer rose from their seats when an el elder entered the room. They contradicted their parents, chattered before company, gobbled up dainties at the table, and committed various offences against Hellenic tastes, such as crossing their legs. Naughty children. They tyrannised their childminders and schoolmasters. So that's the actual quote, and it's actually from a thesis from 1907. So if anybody quotes you and says it's Socrates or Plato, it's actually incorrect. So, even when you're preaching, you've got to be careful that you tell the truth. Okay. <laughs> so, given that we're not so different from the ancient Greeks, what does honouring our parents look like in practice? Well, this morning I'm going to give you five very quick, five, five, very quick important aspects of what we should be doing to fulfil this commandment. And they are going to be the five A's. So just the beginning of the alphabet starts with A, you shouldn't forget them. The first thing to do is accept them. 
Proverbs 23, 22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and don't despise your mother when she is old. And that basically covers all areas of life because I don't care how, how young children are, you always view your parents as old. You know, when you went to school, when I went to school and I was 17, I had people teaching me who were 21, 22. They'd just come out of teacher's college, but they were old. A gap of five, six years was, was massive. It doesn't matter. They were teachers. Teachers are old, therefore you're old. That's all it came to. And so it's not about pretending that they're perfect. Who's got perfect parents? <laughs> right. It's actually about acknowledging the position and the office of parent. Just like in a courtroom, we address the judge as your honour. Now, the, the judge may be a total not nice person. <laughs> Got to be careful of these things. They may be bald, paunchy, don't speak English very well, they don't, you don't agree with their decision, um, they, they may scratch themselves in, in public, um, you may not like them at all. But when you go up before them and call them your honour, you're not addressing their personal quirks. You're not addressing their personality, their competence, or even their knowledge. You are actually acknowledging that they hold an office in our legal system which we need to give respect to. Because it actually holds our legal system together, the respect we have for it. And it's the same with parents. The family unit is held together not because parents are perfect, thank goodness, but because their office the, uh, needs to be respected. The second thing we've got to do is appreciate them. I don't know about you, but when I had children, neither of them came with a manual. And so, I know it's hard to imagine, but we did things wrong. And, uh, and I, I, I started very early. I think Kirsty was five minutes old before I tried to drown her. I was listening very careful to the nurse about how to hold a baby in the bath, but they're slippery little suckers. <laughs> and after a couple of seconds, she looked at me and said, it's probably best if you hold her head above the water. Um, but, you know, we don't have to do anything right, but despite all of that, and we won't talk about Ben, um, um, I didn't drown him, although we, we did discover him one night with a large lump between his eyes that we hadn't bothered to look at because it was dark and we just patted him and said, there, there, there. Uh, but that's a different story. <laughs> but one of the most unappreciated things we pass on to our children is wisdom. And the reason it's unappreciated is that our children actually don't believe we have any. Usually until they reach about 25, or they have kids of their own, or both. And then they suddenly realise that perhaps it isn't that easy bringing up children, and that perhaps asking for help isn't such a bad idea, and that your parents actually did learn something during the process of parenting, and it might be worthwhile asking them questions about it. Even more useful is if you actually do what they say. Heed their advice, not just listen to it and say, yep, like, I'm going to do it my way. Because it says, Proverbs 6.20, My son, obey your father's command, and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Because fathers do tend to issue commands mothers I know give some mothers give a lot more instructions than others um, but they're worthwhile listening to 
the other, and uh, believe me, parents appreciate being listened to. You don't always have to do what they say, but if you take into account their opinion, it matters a lot. It really does. The other thing, I mean, other expressions of interest like gifts, cards, phone calls, uh, presents of any sort actually work quite well as, as well. Even, even dropping in unexpectedly for dinner, at our expense usually, um, is, is often appreciated. The third thing we need to do is affirm them. Have you ever actually told your parents that you're grateful for all they've given you? I know it's probably a bit old-fashioned, but you could write them a letter. Perhaps even tell them face-to-face. Because they need to be affirmed. The one thing that I've noticed, and this, this isn't just about parents and children, this is husbands and wives. When you talk to one of the other, the husband about the wife or the kids about their parents or even their siblings, often there's a fair bit of whinging that goes on. We, we badmouth our spouse in public, we badmouth our children in public, some of our children badmouth their parents in public. That is extreme. I mean, if you want sympathy for your cause, do not badmouth your parents or anybody else for that matter. Because let me tell you, it's bit, most, other, most people become parents at one time or another. And if you badmouth your parents to some other parent, let me tell you, you are not doing yourselves any favours whatsoever. Because you might think you're supporting your cause because you feel you're in the right, but all you've done is say that, no, I'm a whinging, irresponsible child and my parents must be great and everybody else is going to side with them. Always affirm people. I mean, your wife may have told you off that morning and you're feeling a little underwhelmed, a little underappreciated, perhaps even a little slapped around. But you don't come to church and say, you know what that bitch did? She is such a cow to me. I don't know how I put up with her. When you do that sort of thing, immediately you feel sorry for her, right? And don't. Don't, do it. don't feel sorry for her, no. <laughs> it wasn't quite how that was meant to go. <laughs> yes, I'll stop digging. Um, but, yeah, affirm. Look for the positive in people. Everybody makes mistakes. I know, except you, but everybody makes mistakes, but they're not the things we focus on. Uh, Involving your parents in your life, which is easy to do while you're still living at home, but once you leave home, don't don't forget them. Call in to see them occasionally. Bring them up occasionally. Parents don't like to feel abandoned. Actually, for the first six months, it's actually pretty good. But parents still want to be involved in your life. And I know that if you've, mar- you've married and left home or, or just moved out of home, sometimes that can be annoying when, you, when your parents want to be involved more than you want them to be involved. But just give it time. The fourth thing, moving quickly here, is avoid, not your parents, <laughs> but avoid abandoning them. 1 Timothy 5.4 says, but if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God and your parents. We're living in a time where people are living longer and longer lives. And one of the unfortunate consequences of that 
is that people are actually living past the prime of their health. And older people sometimes need a lot more looking after. And there's the, been the rise of the nursing home, which to some, in some people's eyes is a great place when your parents become too troublesome to look after, to put them and forget about them. Your parents do not appreciate that. The New Testament quite clearly lays down a duty of care for families to look after the elderly and vulnerable within the family group. Don't abandon your parents, no matter how frustrating or inconvenient it may be when they become older. Isn't that right? Yes. You're going to look after your parents, is that right? I'm not, I'm not feeling it here. <laughs> I'm a bit worried. The fifth is act now. There is a third feature of this commandment I didn't mention in the beginning. Not only is it a commandment with no do not in it, and it's the only one with a promise, but it's also the only one with an expiry date. There will come a time when the death of your parents means that you can no longer fulfill this commandment. And if you listen to somebody who's either done a lot of funerals or been involved in a funeral home or is, a, is around funerals a lot, one thing they will tell you is the amount of anguish, sorrow and distress that people go through when they realise that they can no longer ask their parents for forgiveness or or, or consult with their parents or settle that something that happened years ago or, or to, to resolve issues because that moment has passed. If you're struggling with your parents, parents, if you're struggling with your children, act now because nobody knows how much time we have. Don't wait for a crisis to make peace. Start to build a relationship or forgive your parents now. And that doesn't that doesn't mean you have to suddenly ring them up and say, all is forgiven, I love you, if you still feel that you don't. It's a step along the way. I mean, for myself, it's very hard to imagine a, a situation where your parents are not part of your life and that you love them dearly and consult with them, because I do. My, I, I, both of my parents are still alive they're still relatively sane. Um, and I, I see them on, on, a, on a regular basis. And my fa I have a really good father. He asks my advice for everything. I love him because my, uh, I've discovered that he actually doesn't need my advice. He just likes to make me feel good. Who wouldn't want a father like that? My mother. I learned everything from my mother. Because my, my, my father isn't what you'd call a handyman. But my mother builds furniture. She's had to give up because she's getting on a bit. She's 82, hasn't picked up a, a power tool for a while. But she built my bedroom furniture when I was a child. I learned all my handyman skills from a handy woman. She, she, there's even a picture of her basket weaving with the Queen Mother when she was a wren in the uh, Royal Navy. She's there and the Queen Mother's standing there next to her and they've got a, f a photo bomb. She was just, <laughs> and the Queen Mother just stepped in and, ah! <laughs> Actually, it's a bit more sedate than that, and I think it was posed. So, don't wait. Start now, even if your parents aren't like that, even if you struggle 
with your parents. I, I know, and I, I don't think you'll mind me saying this, but I know that for, for a while David and his father struggled with their relationship. But David actually took steps to, to heal that. And, I can, and you can possibly talk to him about it afterwards. But I think the, the peace that David felt when his father passed away, because they'd mended that relationship, was, was immeasurable. The, the, the difference it makes uh, in that sort of thing. So you can do it. I, I, I won't go into exactly what the, the tensions were there, mainly because I don't know. Um, believe me, I'll tell you if I did. Um, no, I wouldn't. So to honour our parents means to obey them in our younger years, to support them in their older years, and to respect them throughout all the years. So remember, we're called to accept them, appreciate them, affirm them, avoid dumping them, and we've got to do it now. Let me finish with the promise. You remember I mentioned the promise earlier? Yes. Thanks, Brendan. It's easy to believe in the light of scriptures like Matthew 15 verse 4, which indicate dire consequences for dishonouring your parents, that the fifth commandment promises a much healthier outcome if you obey and honour your parents. Because Matthew 15 4 says, For instance, God says, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. I can see some candidates in this room <laughs> for execution. Yes, I'll have a drink. If we look at the promise in Exodus, it's a long way away. What does it say? Exodus 20.12, honour your father and your mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Where in the promises of God did God give land to an individual? He didn't. The land that God is giving you is the land He is giving to the nation of Israel. Therefore, you is not the personal you. It actually refers to the nation of Israel and the length of time they will have a covenant relationship with God rather than a lengthened lifespan of the individual. So I'm sorry to say all you parents who have kept your kids in line by saying you'll live longer if you obey me are scripturally incorrect <laughs> and you can no longer use that to keep your children in line. Um, because an, it's a natural thought. Because it's in the same sentence, it implies that if you honour your parents, you, the individual, will have a long life. But it's actually far more wide-reaching than that. What it implies is that the relationship between parents and their children actually affects the fabric of the whole society. The longevity of our society depends on our children honouring their parents. The individual child may not live longer, but our society thrives and sustains itself through that. We, and we can see that the opposite is happening in, in societies where respect for parents is decreasing. The society tends to not thrive or be as healthy as societies where that is of paramount importance.
So there. Sorry to end on a downer with that one. Um, look, I just want to pray for a few people. If you're a child here whose parents are in the church, can you please stand up? No, not parents-in-law. That doesn't really count. No, it's just that it's, it's good. And if, if, you're, if you're around, around these people, let, let's just lay hands on them and, and, and pray because... I'm praying for these people first because you can't say things that, that would affect their parents because they're here to hear it. So you, we can't be rude. Um, but I just want to pray that these people who are standing, Lord, I thank you that you put into their hearts a respect and a fear from God about this commandment, that they fulfill it as an example for those around them. I thank you, God, that you fill them with the power to do it. I thank you, Lord, that you fill them with the grace to fulfill this commandment. And I believe that they are going to be an example, a shining light, even, for those around them. You may be seated. Stand up if you're a child here whose parents are not here in the church. And I guess probably means that your parents your parents still have to be alive I'm sorry <laughs> at least one of them <laughs> okay notice there are a lot more so I want you guys to actually pray and I'm going to pray with you because we're going to pray for the salvation of your parents uh, that, well or if they're saved but not in this church we're just going to pray for their soul blessing that's it that's the word I was looking for. But not all parents have to be in this church. I'm sorry if I'm making that uh, a bit of a, a point. But Lord, we, we just pray right now for our parents. We thank you, Lord, that if they know you, that you pour your blessing on them. And we thank you that if they don't, that our influence and the influence of the people around them is going to bring them closer to you. We pray for miracles in their life. We pray for healing in their life. And we pray for a knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ to come into their lives and change them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.